We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins, and I will be your host for this journey. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Andrea Shaw Nevins. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and we're going to dive right into the question of the show, which is, what do you believe the world needs more of? So I think that what we need more of is being open to embrace the things we are afraid of. We tend to be afraid of fear. And I think on the other hand, what we need to do is to embrace that fear. Mm, I agree. That's beautiful. How, how do you do that every day in your life? Well, I do it by trying to remain super conscious about the things that I'm afraid of and taking steps in those directions even though they may be small steps so um a quick example is that um i work in academia um, my background is in english literature um but there is an expanding field of digital humanities and it involves in some cases people actually coding to create their digital projects now i do not see myself as a coder um and do not have any skills in that realm. And initially I was just like, oh, well, I'll have to get somebody to do that part of it for me. But just like this morning, I was like, you know, why couldn't you take like a basic coding class and begin to learn? So that's just a quick example. Mm. So true, so true. Um, I tend to be on the other side where every time something freaks me out, I, I tend to sign up for all of the courses and about halfway really? through the third course go, wait a second, I know what the I basics. Do. I should probably hire someone to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh -oh. uh, I've learned something that's so valuable in, in our business, which is if I go out and I do exactly what you said, I, I mm -hmm. take the course, I learn the basics. A lot of times it saves us so much headache and so much time and so much money because yes, we know when someone knows their stuff and when they don't. Because <laughs> if you've yeah. taken the basic course you know how much effort or time it takes to do a certain maneuver or adjustment or line of code in this case. And therefore, when someone it, tells you it costs $17,000 to write a basic <laughs> line of code, you can laugh and say, no, thank you. Right. <laughs> that is true. And, you know, another benefit, too, is that even if you do not become an expert at that particular thing, the fact that you um, – did not believe what the fear was telling you, which is that mm, you're not really smart enough, not really capable enough to do this thing. The huge benefit that we reap is knowing that that's not true. Mm. 
so that is one of I I guess one of the the best reasons to embrace to embrace the fear because none of us are going to be professional. Well, actually, some of us maybe, but very few of us are going to be professional skydivers or professional zip liners. Um, but if so, if it's something that we think that you know we'd like to do but we're afraid and we just do it just that once, we generally get past it. So true. So true. And so many more doors open up because they do. Mm -hmm. So here's a question. What would you consider to be your wow factor? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that help shape it? Hmm. Great question. Okay. So I am uniquely me. I think because I bring a combination of empathy just that ability to relate to people's circumstances, which sometimes people see as sort of a very mushy characteristic, but I'm also highly organized and a good planner. And so I kind of am able to marry that humanistic element where I can walk in other people's shoes, but at the same time, I can get business done. Very cool. And is it something you were, you were, were you born that way? Did you always have those skills or was there any defining moments that, that really showed that those were some of your key skills or assets? You know, I have to say that I had both of those leanings um, from the get go. But I think that at the point that I decided to return to school and to do my graduate studies. I had done my undergrad, you know, just traditional age. And then I had a bit of a gap where, you know, I got married, had a kid, started a business, and things were really, really tough. And um, a point came where I decided I was ready to go back to school. Um, But at the same time, I had to be involved with the business. And my going back to school was to study literature, which is all about walking on other people's shoes, right? Mm -hmm. And that moment or those moments that followed in combining running the business, organizing myself as a scholar, but at the same time producing work, which was deeply rooted in thinking about other people's perspectives, um, perhaps helped to make that most clear for me. What's a moment over the years that had helped you feel incredibly humble? Hmm, humble. So after several years of being in the academic world, um, because I have always loved helping people think through challenges and problems, I decided to do a life coaching course. And during the course of that course, there were many people in it. It was a distance course. Um, we were required to create um, like an audio um, an, an audio workshop, something that could be done over like an audio platform like Skype or Zoom. And while I really love working with people one-on-one, I felt a bit like there's so many people out there doing this work. What could I offer in an audio course that would be unique? And I just kind of felt like I couldn't really even do the assignment. And I spoke to one of the instructors who said, look, each of us come from a very specific place and have something to offer. So I decided I was just going to jump right in and 
get this audio thing done. And I did a workshop on, I think it was called Looking for Love in All the Right Places. And, you know, there were participants and, you know, from, from the class and who were already instructors. And when the whole thing was over, I got several notes from established instructors, students in the class. One person said they didn't get to participate, but they listened to the audio while doing their morning walk. And it was so moving that they cried when they thought about how to apply the techniques in their life. Um, so that was a moment of me feeling really, really humble. Like, wow, I can really do this. That's awesome. I think what you mentioned there, it, it's interesting. It's a lot of times so many of us have those thoughts of there's so many people doing this. You know, yeah. do I really have a space here or is it really going to be valuable? Someone teased mm -hmm. me the other day. They're like, yeah, there's a ton of doctors in the world, but people keep learning how to be doctors. And dentists and lawyers. That's a good point. And, and I started scratching my head. I'm like, that's a good point. There's a lot of <laughs> professions. There are. There and, are. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to find your unique ability to bring something to the world. And it's so beautiful. I think something you, you, you described there is, is, is what people aren't thinking of when they challenge themselves like that. When they say, do I really have a place to do this? Is there really a need for this? What they're thinking of is, is, you know, do they have the confidence or do they have the strength or the know-how or the ingenuity or the creativity to do it? And in reality, yeah. every person has a message that my belief is if you put it out in the world, even if it just gets to the one person who needed it at that mm -hmm. one moment of their life, that that was the thing they needed the most right then. And, and it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it, but if it gets to them in that moment they needed it the most, you could save their life, change their life, inspire them, support them, love on them, care for them, challenge them. You know, in any way, shape, or form, you could be that spark in their life like you, it, that has a profound effect for you know, the rest of their life, uh, possibly. For, for sure. And sometimes the impact is a little delayed. Somebody could interact with us in some way, listen to something we said, read something, talk to us. And a month later, you know, a year later, it comes back to them. And that's when, uh, you know, the effect becomes profound. Um, but the other thing, too, in keeping with what you're talking about, sometimes there is a deep-rooted sense of not being capable enough, not being special, that many of us live with for, for varying reasons. And I think that this haunts so much of what we do, this sort of, fear that there's a way that we're just not enough as we are and so it keeps us from pursuing various things it does it really does it slows us down here's a question what about an awe-inspiring moment a moment that might have left your draw on the ground and just a moment of awe mm, moment of awe um so, you know, um, my daughter, I have a daughter, I have a daughter and a son. Um, my, the, my daughter, they both came back home from college and were, you know, living, living at home working. So my daughter was a school teacher and uh, she decided she was interested in becoming a software engineer and picking up and moving to California um, to do the program, uh, which was all fine. So... Um, that was a huge move and she was successful and she got done. 
Um, and then when she got done, she went on the market and not long after got a fantastic job offer. Um, but she also got um, like a signing bonus, which was also, I thought, fantastic. And then she says to me, she says, mom, you know, everything I've read says that women and minorities do not negotiate sufficiently um, when they're getting jobs. And even though everything is great, I'm going to ask for a bigger signing bonus. And I was just like, oh, my God, no, it's so it's so great what you've gotten. You know, that was my thought. But I said, okay, if that's what you want to do. Um, and then she came back like a couple of days later. She wrote a fantastic letter to the recruiters to her company explaining why she thought she should get four times what they offered her. And they considered it. The, the, it went to, I guess, the head of that organization. And they came back and said, yes. And she got it. And my my mouth, talk about your mouth dropping, my mouth dropped at that time. And I was really so inspired by her determination and confidence and that it paid off in such a, a big way. That's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing what, we, what the world has in store for us. What about, here's a question, what's your, what's your greatest fear? Hmm. You know, my greatest fear, I'm, I'm clear on that one because I still battle with it a bit, is, is feeling as if I'm not successful. Um, and so I know that in many realms of my life, um, I have had great success. I have been successful, but, um, it's, it's sometimes a bit of a, a struggle to fully acknowledge that because there's a sense that you, you know, you have to keep on doing more, you have to keep on doing more. And <clears throat> excuse, excuse me, it's fine to keep on doing more, but it shouldn't be out of anxiety. I don't think. Um, it should be because it feels right and you feel comfortable and that's what you want to do. So that's the biggest fear. Hmm. What about the future? What are you most excited about? Hmm. I'm excited about my, my life coaching work and the way that I can be in contact with people and help them through various situations. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm just... <coughs> Often quite a bit. I'm going to drink some water. But yeah, that's that's the thing that I want. I I am excited about the ways that I can accomplish that. Um, not necessarily having to meet with people one on one. So I look forward to you know the the, the creative opportunities that I will develop for myself in that work um, to to create that outreach and to create that support. So an example is the workshop that I mentioned, the looking for love in all the right places. I'm thinking about ways that I can make that into maybe something like a workbook or maybe something like an app that people could, multiple people at the same time could be using and have easy and inexpensive access to. So those projects are very exciting to me. Very cool. Well, we're going to switch sections of this podcast. This is our second part, which we call the nuts and bolts. 
This is the tactical, tangible, practical, immediately applicable and applicable type tips from you to our audience. And the first question here is where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Right now, I work full-time as an academic. I'm a, an assistant dean for in a college at a university. So a lot of my time goes towards thinking about the humanities, which is my area of work. Um, there has been a decline in enrollment in fields like, you know, majors like history, philosophy, literature, um, less and less sort of awareness of the value of those fields. So a lot of time and effort right now is in helping to create awareness among our students and uh, people external to the university about the benefits of studying the humanities. Beautiful. And what would you say is one of the keys to your success in that? Hmm. I think the biggest key is that I'm so passionate about it that it makes the work easy and it allows me to engage in creative projects and I love creative projects so even though I'm off today you know officially from work um, I couldn't help myself but to like get up and to be do you know working on a website that we're developing and sending a few emails and it wasn't difficult at all and so that passion just fuels me in amazing ways oh that's beautiful and for our final question we have, which is what is one actionable tip we could share with our listeners that could help others or them achieve the kind of success in their life that you've been able to achieve and experience in yours? I would say to break down the things that you are interested in doing um, and maybe a little hesitant about into just really small steps and commit yourself to taking those steps little by little. Um, that would be the actionable tip. I love it. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. If people would like to connect with you, if they if they have any questions or, or, or just want to come over and say hi and thank you for what they learned today, where can we send them to do so? So they can find me on my website, which is www.andreaeshaw.com. Um, but they can also um, email me at um, andreaeshaw at yahoo.com. Um, so either way, I'm happy to hear from anyone. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we'll make sure those are in the show notes. And thank you so much again for joining us. All right. Thank you very much for having me. You take care. Now, for everyone listening, uh, if you like this episode, if you heard something that you know a friend, a colleague, or, or a family member needs to hear. We believe that sharing is caring, so make sure to share it with them. Uh, and we're very much looking forward to seeing you all next episode.